If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. And today we are going to be talking with Rick Smith about all things content marketing. Listeners, let me just share with you, this is our last recording session of the day. And you hear me say this about one out of every five to six episodes because we try to record five or six episodes in a single day. And the last episode is always the best. I really believe it's two things. First of all, typically the guest will be on the East Coast and I'm on the East Coast. We're both at the end of our day. So we're frankly a little tired and probably a lot more real. But the other reason I think so is I think the people who are most likely to book the last recording session of the day are probably have that personality of, hey, we're going to have a good time. So of course I want to do this at six o'clock in the evening. So we are going to have a good time today with Rick Smith as he talks to us, as I've said, about everything that's content marketing related for your nonprofit. Now, Rick is someone who I have been very excited and eager to talk to, even though I don't think he's ever worked for a nonprofit. I think his companies have done work with nonprofits, but I don't think he's ever worked for a nonprofit. But one of the reasons I've been so excited is he is a serial entrepreneur. And I think that in the nonprofit space, there is so much that we can learn from people who have started companies, grown them, built them, moved on, started another company, and done it several times. And I think Rick has done this at least three times. And that's if you're not including all of the companies that he's been investing in, kind of seed startup investment over the last few years. So there's two or three companies that I definitely want to share with you. First of all, Rick's a visionary. He started Canada's first chain of computer stores in 1970s, I think 1976. And so if you think about this, and I know some of our listeners were not alive in 1976, but back in the 70s, most people in North America still subscribe to the philosophy that there might be a need for about three computers in a city. 
and that's about it. But otherwise, why would the average person need a computer? And what does Rick do? Rick's like, no, I believe computers are the future, and I'm, I'm going to stake my claim on it. So that's business number one. And then business number two, he started News Canada, which is a, was a news syndication service based out of Canada. And I'm sure we're going to talk with him about the origin story and why he founded that. And then the last one is he started News USA, which is also a content syndication service. Now, the reason we're having him on is he is an expert in content. So if you want to know how your nonprofit gets media placements, actually gets in articles and gets articles into newspapers and blogs and podcasts and TV, etc., he is the person to talk to. Hey, Rick, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Dolph. So I love the origin story about News Canada and, and I think there's some important lessons for us as nonprofits in that origin story. It comes about early on because I had looked for ways to promote. And I wanted to get the word out because I, I came out of business school and I looked, um, I had created books on business initially as a checklist, but books as business startup financing and sales. I looked for ways to promote them. And I found that I could send out press releases and they got ignored. And I could call media and no one was taking my call or very few. And I could buy advertising, which I did, but very quickly it was costing too much versus the return I was getting. So I found that if I syndicated out my own book reviews in a format that they could, in other words, make it easy for the media. And this will, this will tie in with what I want to say for a small local nonprofit up to the American Red Cross and the American Heart Association. And I've worked with over 1,100 nonprofits here in the United States. I have been a speaker at the National Society of Fundraising Executives Conference, their annual conference. I have been at the uh, Independent Charities of America. I've been chairman of, of judging for the National Press Club's National Consumer Journalism Awards. We have, my company, we have produced over 6,000 celebrity-driven public service ads, videos, that we have placed nationwide. We did a lot of work for the American Red Cross to promote their 1-800-HELP-NOW. However, let me get into where I think we can, I can give a few tips that might be really helpful. Before we do, can we go back to these three books that you wanted to sell? And, yes. and, 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 you were, and you were saying to yourself, okay, I'm not getting traction through press release and I'm not getting the ROI I need to see in advertising. I've got to, send, I've got to figure out the syndication thing. What, what exactly did you do to figure out that syndication thing? Ah, I started talking to, imagine this, I started talking to media. I, went to, I physically went to newspapers and asked them, and they explain, I said, look, here's my press release. Here are my books, okay? How do we promote them? And they said, look, who's going to sit down with your press release out of the boxes and boxes of press releases we get in here? And they show me all, they don't even open the envelopes for a lot of the press releases. And nowadays, they don't open the emails for a lot of the press releases. And... I watched and I saw all the postage money being spent by organizations putting their press releases in an envelope and mailing it, 
The only one making money was the post office. They weren't being opened. I says, how can you throw it in the garbage without even opening it? I even made a deal when I first came to the United States uh, with a daily newspaper in my area. And I said to the editor, look, you're taking these press releases, throw them into this box instead of the wastebasket and send it to me. I'll pay for the shipping and I'll send you money for sending me that box. I think it was like $25 or $50 I paid them for the box. And I would go through the press releases to see who's spending the money. And I'd, uh, I'd provide something that I thought was smarter. Um, in doing so, I'd find some checks that were made out to the newspaper. They didn't even open those. So I ended up sending those back and they appreciated that. Uh, but they're going through, they're not dealing with the press releases. So I talked to them and, and I said, well, what would work? And they said, well, hey, we don't have the time, but if you write the article, you write the book review, you write the story on your charity, mm -hmm. you make it simple for us. You, at that time, they said, you typeset it and, and put it so that I could just cut it and drop it in to the newspaper for our readers with a shot of the cover of the book. And that's what they did. And this is what happened back then. They would have preset copy. This is copy that would lay out on the press. They'd ink it and they'd print your newspaper. Well, if you make it easy for them, they'll do that. So nowadays, when you get into content marketing, the whole issue is you can spam them with a press release, which is really an announcement saying how great you are, or what you've done. Or, and journalists don't have time to really do much with that. So a lot of small charities, medium-sized charities get very disappointed that they have very little to show and they're not getting the coverage. Well, how come, how come some small charities with limited budget get a lot of coverage coverage that they can leverage in front of their donors, in front of their uh, stakeholders, and use it for their development efforts to show that they're getting all this credible media coverage, whereas you have others that may be bigger than them that aren't getting the coverage. And it really comes down to, instead of spamming them with a press release or calling them and saying, hey, I'm great, cover me, how about you make it easy for them and you literally spoon feed the stories to them? And if you could do that, whether it's on a local level where you're kind of writing the story, you get some interesting points together, or you, you, know, you look at their format, you try to match that. If they're a TV station, you try to, match, you try to shoot some footage that they can use or try to give them an idea how the footage would be done. So you're kind of thinking out the angles for them. You're thinking up what's special or what's really different, what's unique for them. And then, you know, my firm kind of does that, but does it, you know, mainly with national organizations or organizations that want to reach a little more broadly. We'll do it with people like the Chrysler Museum. But what we'll try to do is their little museum in Norfolk, Virginia, that's free, that people can attend to and stuff like that. But how do you promote that? Well, you want to come up with a way to provide the media with different things and you want to get the word out. And, you know, I'm, we're helping, we've been helping them with their expositions to try, they get a new exhibit 
and we've, we're trying to get other cities to say, we want that exhibit coming to our town. So national media helps them. But then you've got the American Red Cross, you've got uh, great schools. So there's a lot of charities that could use a lot of different angles. But it's, it's getting a message that's interesting and it's putting it in a format that makes it really easy for the media to use. I, I think part of the challenge for some nonprofits, just based on the research that I've done for our conversation today, is also thinking like a journalist as they're writing that article up. So if they're thinking like, oh, I want to market my nonprofit as opposed to, okay, if I was a journalist writing this article, what would I, what would I include and what would I not include? Right. It's the, it's the difference between saying, hey, we're great, we're terrific, okay, or showing them what you actually do as a nonprofit and tell the story how, for example, you, you were involved with this uh, where you're providing housing. Well, the story is you were making a difference for those families because if you didn't exist, the service wouldn't be there. And Donors want to know, they want to see the third-party credible stories, okay? Not you saying how great you are. They want to see it in the media. Even if they didn't see it when it ran, the reprints of it, are you putting them up on your website? Are you showing a scene in blah, 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 blah? Are you highlighting it? Are you sending this out and sharing your media coverage and are you teaming up with your development team to put in the articles that you're getting written up who some of your sponsors are, or some of the backers are, so you can utilize that in your next development effort to show the next potential sponsor that, you're, that they're part of your media rollout, not just we're taking the money and there's no, we don't know where it went. Right. I, I'll share with you. When I was a development director for a housing organization, we did something along those lines. And it was, we started about a month before Thanksgiving and we pitched a real client story of a gentleman who'd gone through our housing program, was also a recovery program, and who had gotten clean and gotten his life back on track. And he'd been, he'd been sober and clean and he's very stable financially and emotionally for about a decade. And so, and, and by the way, he'd also come back to work for us in, in, in the program. And so we pitched this story to the religious feature editor of the AJC, and we suggested it would make a great Thanksgiving story. And so it's interesting because, like, this was a story not about— that, That's the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Thank you. I apologize. Yep, yep, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was not a story about us as an organization. It was a story about this person. Now, we were mentioned several times in it. Human interest story. Excellent right. choice. Right. Exactly. Because, you know, but it was clear it was not a story about us. We were just mentioned— about essentially as the person's catalyst, as the person that, as the entity that helped this person really get back on a path that they wanted to be on and should be on. And so, but so I'll share with you, it's exactly what we did. Now, keep in mind, this was the 90s. So, you know, there was not a lot of digital media. So we literally um, went, went out and bought like 300 copies of the paper the day it came out and clipped it because we wanted it to be real news clipping, not a photocopy, and clipped it and sent it to all of our major donors. And we're like, thank you. You helped make stories like this one possible. And you're right. Like, it was powerful. And nowadays, you can grab that electronically and you can share it electronically. So it's even easier. Um, 
and and just backing up a second here, you know, one of the things that a lot, like you said, we did this this one time, but the truth is you talk a lot about strategic plan. And I think really putting media in as part of your strategic plan, but have it integrate with your development, with your donors, with your stakeholders, with your donor asset programs, with your grant proposals, so that you're, you're blending because this way you're going to pay for your program many times over. Whatever you're going to do in content marketing, if you can find different ways to generate returns that end up serving your organization, serving what you're doing, and also making your donors and, and sponsors feel a lot better, about what they're doing because they're seeing tangible activity. But it's all tied back together. Absolutely. So what are some other ways that you recommend that small and medium-sized nonprofits really get stories placed in the media? Well, you've got to put in some level of time and commitment to this, okay? It doesn't have to be a lot of time, but you've got to have some kind of strategy of what you're doing and make sure it's happening. You know, we're not set up as, a, as an organization. We're not like a retainer type organization that says sign up with us and we'll advise and consult. And that's not our business. Our business model is you can test us with one syndicated story and it may be all you need to get some credibility out there. And it's low cost enough that almost any charity can do it. Um, for example, we have a charity we work with called Diveheart, really small charity. And Diveheart pulls at your heartstrings because they help Viet veterans. Um, they teach veterans how to scuba dive, and that includes quadriplegics. Now, talk about building your self-confidence back and doing the impossible it's very exciting. And when we put, started putting out stories for them, just the first story alone got picked up by all these places, including the Columbus, Ohio Dispatch. Well, they happened to have an event in Columbus, Ohio, that was for donors and for raising funds. At the event, I told them, take the article about how great your chair and what you do, blow it up, so it's poster board size at the entrance to your event in Columbus, Ohio. So it's like the city is in, the city newspaper is endorsing this ch little charity no one knows about. And because he had uh, because we gave him over 2000 placements, he had from all 50 states so he could do wherever he went to start showing the donors and the supporters what he's doing. Yeah. Wow. That, I will say that is incredible. And I, I think the message on that is really make the most of your media moment. So, you know, so, you know, media goes away quickly, but it doesn't have to if you keep using it. Look, the story you're going to get in, as you said, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, it'll appear there one day and it's gone. OK. And how did that help you? Well, the value really comes from getting that article reprint. And sharing that on your website, sharing it out to your stakeholders, giving it longer life than one day. And, and so many people forget about that part of it, but that's the, really the most important part. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I know you had mentioned that really nonprofits need to plan on dedicating some time and resources to making this happen. Like just rough estimate, like what kind of time should a nonprofit in terms of hours plan on spending on a content marketing strategy that will be effective with the media? It That varies on the size. Look, whether they say the journey of a thousand miles begins with but a single step, why not start by doing more than you're doing now and, and trying to get your head around what the media that you want to be in, you know, you'll see stories they're doing on other organizations. Why don't you try to craft something that matches that but talks about your organization? You know, I don't want to say, listen, listen, in nonprofits, you stretch very thin. I don't want to tell someone they got to spend X many hours per week on this. They're not going to necessarily be able to do that, and they won't necessarily consistently. And some of them, as they get bigger, may hire public relations talent, like a VP of communications or somebody to do that job. But the problem is they already have so many tasks queued up to justify this person to their board in the first place that they've got a newsletter, they've got this, they've got the development requirements, they got other requirements on this person. You know how much time is left for them to do proactive outreach? It's really limited. So what you end up doing is they'll, they'll fire a puff piece press release out and that, oh, you, the release said exactly what we want to say, but then you don't get any coverage from it. Or you go hire a firm on some sort of retainer basis and they start working some strategic and some do great jobs, some not so much, but it takes, you know, you'll, You'll write a check the first month. You'll write a check the second month and still not see anything. You'll write a check the third month and you'll start to say, well, did I pick the right firm or, you know? So, but, and and I get the phone calls from the ones that say, oh, we just got out of a binding 12 month contract. Our nonprofit had to pay, you know, X dollars a month. And then every time we came up with something other we want to do, it was additional charges, but we got rid of that now. Now, what we want to do is we want to test one thing. So, so what I hear from you in terms of that first step, what I hear from you is first identify what publications you really want to be in. What, what media? I don't want to list it just to publications. Okay, sometimes, sometimes some of these charities have very visual opportunities. Mm-hmm. Some have others. And, and, and that's true. So what media they want to be in and then really pay attention to that media and get a sense of what other charities are being um, featured in that media and really then pay attention to those stories and those articles. And You know how some charities, the billboards in your area, they get their thing up on the billboards and you say, wait a sec, that charity doesn't have any real money. How'd they get all the billboards? Because they already had designed what they want to put on the billboards and they've, re- they've talked to the media. And when the media says, okay, we may have some boards available for you. They say, great, here's the images. What's it cost just the production side? And they can put it up right away. But if you're not, it's kind of coming at things prepared. Figure out what you want to do and then be ready for it. You know, it's 
It's interesting, Rick. I've not thought about that, but that is so so strategic and so smart with billboard companies. I could totally see that they would rather have an advertisement up than make it appear that one out of every eight of their billboards currently are not not being paid for. Oh, and you're ready for the best part? Things have just changed in the in that in that industry. See, up till now, a charity had to come up with the cash to produce the, what goes up on the boards. They'll give you the boards, but you had to come up with the cash for the signage. And then a crew has to go out and put up the signage. We're now digital signs. True, yeah. Like for example, you can create a 15 second video clip with a QR code so they can donate to your charity, okay? And that can go in airports, you know, it can go in patient waiting room. Depends on the niche you're looking at, but without having to pay for it. Yeah, that again, that's really, really smart and really strategic. I love that idea. that's because you have that video ready and the opportunities then present themselves. And it's not expensive to do decent video when you're talking 15 second spots and to have it ready to go. And when those opportunities come up and that can really impress board members and donors, and there's ways to integrate into that messaging, you know, uh, cross pollination with sponsors somehow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to your point, I mean, everyone ends up driving by those billboards, including members of the media on their way to work and way to stories, et cetera. You can get, uh, on all sorts of digital and opportunities where you can slide right in. The same thing with my editorial. When they go to newsusa.com, at the top of the page, it says free articles. So any website, any blog, anybody can go, even nonprofits can go and grab some of those articles and put it in their newsletters, put it, and that helps me get more reach for the clients I have, of course, but more important is it's fill editorial that they can use on their website and their local news site, whatever they've got. Admittedly, I had noticed that, that all of the articles on your website are available copyright free. I had noticed yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have that site, newsusa.com, also about.newsusa.com, but we also, because they kept asking, is this really free? I create a separate site called copyrightfreecontent.com so it would be idiot proof that it is copyright free and that they could use those articles and put it because it would give my clients, okay, more reach and exposure, which is really important to me. Right, and, and I think for organizations that are interested in using some of the editorial content on your website, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, but I think the individuals or entities that use it are also free to edit as well. So like, they're like, oh, I really think we should have this sentence here or change that paragraph. That's, that's a, they can do that as well. They, they can, but we don't. One, typically they don't. And two, they're leaving an attribution to News USA. And, uh, you know, because again, we have to show our clients that we're getting more exposure for them from the articles that we're serving out. So it's kind of hand in hand, you know? So just alluding back to that, my core business is writing stories that the client approves and then placing those stories 
on 2,000 news sites across the country and then proving it and then coming with a 100% satisfaction guarantee that I'll do the whole thing over at no charge if they're not thrilled. But this is what we've been doing. I've been doing this for 41 years. I'm starting to get the hang of it. <laughs> I would say you're a pro at it. I would say 100% you are a pro at it. Like you figured it out pretty early um, with News Canada and you're definitely a pro. I like the way some of the charities, like the Better Hearing Institute, which is now Hearing Industries of America, said, listen, we were, start, we were putting out articles with you, and this one gentleman calls and donates $50,000 off of an article that he saw. And so Joe Rizzo, the executive director at the time, called the guy up and said, you know, you must love you know, the, the Better Hearing Institute were very pleased. The guy says, no, I, I was reading and I needed a charity that I could donate to. And it was year end and I saw it in the in media and I literally just called to donate. I'm not looking to donate again. I don't want to become involved. But, you know, this has found money to a charity. And the question then is, are you as a charity, as a nonprofit, losing a lot of opportunities because people don't know who you are, don't know all the good work you do? Of course, the people close to you do because they, they're related, interacted, and they're directly affected. But how about other people who have, you know, there's now with Schwab, Fidelity, that you have those donor programs that they literally are looking for charities to donate to. How do they find you? Yeah, totally, totally fair question. Although I also just have to say, because um, I, I always want to be really upfront, listeners' experience may be different if they get into 2,000 uh, media outlets. They might not get the $50,000 check. But I, I do hear you. Like, this is how people learn about you and, and come to like your organization and donate and volunteer. You're more likely to get those donations from sharing the articles that you got published on you, whether it's local articles or whether it's what I do as syndicated articles, by sharing them around to people in, that are sitting on the fence that go, okay, what do you guys really do? Even though they know you and they've heard of you, they don't really understand the level to which many charities really uh, go to extremes and struggle and could really benefit by every dollar that they could find that they're not getting today. That, that additional dollars, those additional donors, those additional things can make such a difference. And often it's, you know, some media exposure that helps them do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rick, I want us to transition to the off the map question. Because I definitely want to be respectful of your time. I know it's it's approaching seven o'clock on the uh, East Coast, and so I think I've got a good one. And it's interesting because for most of our guests, this would probably not be an off the map question, but I think it probably will be for you. I know that you have served on a number of boards, and so as you think about all of the organizations whose boards you have serviced on, you have served on, which board do you feel? was the best experience as a board member and why? You know, it, it comes down to the ones where they listen to your input as opposed to 
have you involved and not necessarily for the execution side. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times you come up with, as, as any board member on any organization, nonprofit or otherwise, you're coming up with ideas that they want you involved for your input, but then they don't necessarily follow it. And it can be frustrating sometimes because then like a child, they're walking off the cliff and into the, or into traffic and you're like, wait a sec. Or they're sp- spending, like you'll get involved in a charity and you'll see that they're spending money on advertising and they're spending it because somebody told them to use this firm that will spend it for them by buying the Porsches and the first class in advertising spends as opposed to wanting to come up with creative ways to kind of get that exposure without that kind of spend. And it sometimes takes a little more creativity, but you can do that. Yeah. I I think you're right about that. It's really important. The board's always looking at return on investment on everything, whether it's advertising or programs or anything at all. Absolutely. Well, Rick, I am so glad that you joined us today, and I always want our listeners to know how they can find out more. So, listeners, you can go to NewsUSA.com, and there you can learn more about NewsUSA's efforts at content syndication and how that can help amplify your reach. I also want to share with you that Rick made a very generous offer before we pressed record. And he said, you know, if anyone just wants to talk to me and just wants to talk to Rick— All you've got to do is fill out the contact form. And again, NewsUSA is a big, big company. So the fact that the CEO says, hey, you know, I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone and just give them my thoughts and advice, um, there's real value to that. So I would encourage you to consider going to the contact form and uh, getting some time on Rick's calendar. I think it's going to be a really useful experience for you. Even better than that, Dolph, they can literally go to NewsUSA.com and they can schedule a time with me free, no obligation, anything, just to go over a few things, talk through a few ideas. I will make sure we get that link and we'll put that link in our show notes. That's awesome. Rick, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for everything you shared today. Thank you. Thank you, Dolph. All right, listeners, don't forget if for some reason you've got earbuds in because you're running or hiking or just maybe going grocery shopping and you don't remember newsusa.com and you can't write it down, you can always go to SuccessfulNonprofits.com. We will put the links in the show notes. And listeners, if this episode was useful for you, if you're closing out the episode thinking, I'm really glad I downloaded and listened to this because I, I better understand ways that I can actually get exposure in the media that I want exposure in. Well, there are two other episodes that I would recommend. The first is episode 181 with Nikki Krawczyk. And that episode is a how to write effective copy that gets noticed. The second episode is episode 183, Becoming the Expert Reporter's Call with Kristen Elworthy. While admittedly newsrooms are lean, there are still reporters. And so if you can build some relationships, they will call you when they need a story or they need a quote. That, listeners, is our show for this week. I hope that you have gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. And I close every show this way because the lawyers make me do it. I'm not an accountant nor an attorney. And neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. I say it every week. This show is for informational purposes only. 
which means it should not be relied on for tax, legal, and accounting advice. Now, the lawyers don't make me say this next part, but I just think it's good advice. If you or your organization find yourself in need of tax, legal, or accounting advice, please seek out a licensed, qualified person who specializes in the area that you need advice in. And if you're not sure who that might be, you can always reach out to me. And if I know someone, I'm happy to make the connection.